morning and God bless you. Let's stand to our feet. We had a full morning. Appreciate all that was prayed and all that, the dedication, specials, wonderful. But we've come to meet with the King of Kings. Brother Kyle, Sister Christina, nice to see you home. Did you sell already? <laughs> Brother Kyle will be ministering this evening, so I'm sure you won't want to miss that. Nice to have you back and nice to see your face and to have the family here. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we are approaching the throne of grace this morning through the blood of the Lamb. We are looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith, that you will come and take the word and make that word alive within our hearts. We see the world falling apart, Lord, many so often since the prophet has gone off the scene, Lord, but we see the manifestation of it under the prophecy of it. We see the fulfilling of it. And Lord, there must be another kingdom then that is coming. Would you speak to all of our hearts this morning as we look to the Word of God to guide us on this great journey of life, lead us into those portals of heaven, into the great rapture change that we're under anticipation. Pray, God, that you'll speak to every heart and soul this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. little chorus we used to sing a lot in the log church. I'd like to maybe sing it this morning with a little bit of meaning. It means more to me than it did back then because the word has opened up. It's a little chorus called Emmanuel. It's God with us, revealed in us. Let's just sing that as we prepare now to turn to the word. song on our lips. Let's turn into our Bibles, please, to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. 2 Peter chapter 1. Nice to see everyone this morning. Different ones were leaving, and then I said to Brother Ed, I said, there's going to be a, quite a few families away, because it's spring break and Easter, and the church is full. So that's marvelous. That's wonderful to see the saints gather around the, the word of life. Uh, we're, we are going to announce, I think, Brother John, did they announce down in Seattle for communion on fr uh, next Sunday, March the 25th? 
So March the 25th, next Sunday, Sunday night, we'll be having communion, and um, we'll have a wonderful time, just a wonderful, glorious time. So put that one down and don't miss it if you can possibly not miss it. For our Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. Everybody there, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. May God add his blessing to the reading of the word. You may have your seats. I'll be speaking on as we continue on to our thought from last week, living in the prophesied promise, living in the prophesied promise. As Peter has written here, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Well, that's very applicable, very applicable scripture, of course, to us as we read the word and we don't read it as some history. We read it as up to date. We read it as although we are fulfilling that scripture that we are reading. And today we see the uh, times and the signs that are happening around us. And it doesn't take really too much to understand that this world is falling apart. It doesn't take too much. In fact, I don't think it takes a, much of a revelation to see uh, Luke 21 being fulfilled. Brother Bram said in Unveiling of God, he said the church natural sees this. So if the church natural sees this, and they see that the world is falling apart and it's being frayed and, and they're worried about a World War III and atomic bombs falling, I don't think that that should be our spiritual thermometer. Amen. That is not our spiritual thermometer, thinking that we're so spiritual that we see that and that a prophet turns around and said, well, Lot sees that. Church natural sees that. So then, then what should the church spiritual be seeing? So we are maybe in a little bit of a Sunday school lesson this morning, but I, I want to prod you into the faith. I want to encourage you into the faith, but I don't want to baby you into the faith. I think we're farther along in the scripture, and the bride has come to maturity, and we believe that we could be raptured at any time, so we're not little children in the faith. So we can preach the strong word of God. And so I, I hope you bought your spiritual appetite. Spiritual appetite. I don't want you to glaze over with some of these quotes. Don't think that you're too um, immature maybe in the faith or a baby in the faith. Saints, there's a time you move from pablum to food. And we've been blessed to be able to be called to this message. And this message is not baby food. It's rapture. It's the body word of the Son of Man. And so I don't want to water it down for you. I want to give you the full strength of it. And if the Lord would just help me 
Uh, this morning, I, won't, I don't plan on being long. I mean, I'm, we're already at 11.30, but I, I, I'll try and punch an hour, hour and 15 minutes for you. And please pull on the word, okay? Pull on the word. We're under a more sure word of prophecy. We are li- living under the prophesied promise of a people that are going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We're not just a church. We are the bride. And that's very important, saints, to understand we are the elect of God. And that does not put us any higher. It's only by God's grace. If you're thinking we're trying to edify ourselves, you are miserably wrong. Because Brother Brown said in Arising of the Sun, this is not for self-glorification. This is to glorify the King of glory, for it is indeed the rising of the sun. Is everybody all right? Everybody alert? Everybody awake as we spoke last week? Don't sleep now on me. Don't you sleep. Go home if you want to go to sleep. We've come to hear the Word of God and the Word of life. We took that Word awake and set a watch. We're living under this prophesied promise. It's to be awake, to realize that we are actually in a time that all ages have waited for. They were under anticipation. Brother Bram said it was that anticipation and expectation that's going to raise them from the dead. And I've got a living expectation in me, but that living expectation is going to bring on a reality form. And so then if we're under that watchfulness of God and and we see it and and as we took from the Greek last week, it is to stay awake. It's to be energetic. It has a sense of urgency. You can't get away from it, saints. I could preach on awake, 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 watch ye therefore pray and different brothers have been preaching on prayer and different things as I've been away. But saints, there's an important part of this is watching. It is watching. Why did you get up this morning? Where are you headed? Where are you going? When you got in your car, you knew exactly where you were headed. You came to come to church. When we're not every day, saints of God, we're just not living aimlessly. We're living with purpose. And we know where we're headed. We're headed for the fulfillment of a prophesied promise. There will be a people that are alive and remain and shall be changed in a moment. Who? is under that prophesied promise. There has to be an identification with that. So then there should be a a sense of urgency, a a readiness to be vigilant, to say at any moment, Lord, at any time now, we see the darkness coming, gross darkness to people. The perversion is beyond imagination. And I wouldn't even want to elaborate on the grossness of society in the perverseness of its sin but there is a people that have been washed by the water of the word of God and they are being purified holy and people say well you know holiness that is something of days gone by well my Bible happens to say without holiness no man shall see God So then God has to prepare a word that can wash us, that we can come into the very holy presence of God. We have a sure word of prophecy. 
We're not believing in cunningly devised fables of man. We believe in a vindicated message that God himself has come down to vindicate to a people. But now, saints of God, let's watch out now for this point. We can say that and say that and almost you go asleep because you've heard it. But for me, it's the greatest privilege to be identified in fulfillment of Scripture in the very day I'm living in. I believe those that walked with Luther were felt privileged to walk with Luther. Those that walked with Wesley were privileged to walk with him. And I feel ultra privileged that God hasn't caused this world to tumble into its abyss without saving Brother Tom Ray. Without saving you and I. And there should be an urgency. There should be an appreciation that God has given us a token message that we can put over our families and know that the blood has effect and know that the blood changes and know that the blood saves. No other message can you get salvation like this message. This message is Jesus Christ. As we said last week, this Brother Branham did not point you to himself. He pointed you to Jesus Christ. He said, that is the burden of my message, is to point you to Christ. And that is my burden this morning, saints of God, that we do not fall asleep on just the basic foundations of what we've heard so often. There should be something where you prick yourself and say, Lord, am I really seeing what I'm supposed to see? Brother Branham, out of Scripture... We read last week, and I'm just going to make a couple of references, then we'll go into part two. Isaiah 21 and 11 and 12, where he talks about Isaiah speaking on the burden of Duma. He calleth me out of Seir. Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? The watchman said, the morning cometh, and also the night. If you'll inquire, inquire ye, return, come. Brother Brown preached that message twice. Preached it twice, I believe in the 50s and in the first 1960 at, at home in Jeffersonville. When he's relating, preaching watchmen, what of the night? And taking the very scripture that I just read, watchmen, what of the night? The morning cometh, and then night. At the end of the message, Brother Branham is relaying how then in the last service, that he had been out at, he was relating how that there was two, three thousand people in church and they were singing a closing song. And he, and he thought, oh, he said, this is just wonderful. This is wonderful. He says, and all of a sudden I heard those vo- the voices, but not from down here. But he said, I started to hear voices from up here singing with us. And he says, I, I don't want to be, he says, I, I, I like to know what I'm saying. So I backed away and I thought, am I hearing something? So he walked over to the pastor and asked the pastor, have you ever heard others singing above what the church? He says, yeah, it happens uh, uh, quite a few times, Brother Branham. Brother Branham came back to the pulpit and all of a sudden they start singing and they're singing. And all of a sudden he says, I hear a hundred thousand voice choir." So now he is in this realm and another realm is coming down. And he's hearing them sing. He said, there's two to three thousand people singing down here. But I'm hearing a hundred 
thousand sweetest voices up here, soprano. So, you know, many times we get to an end of a tape and Brother Branham is finished, go to the very end. There are nuggets, there are truths laying right to the very end, saints. Do not stop the tape. Brother Branham said, listen, but up here, there's a hundred thousand voices singing in a choir. Oh, he says, those were the sweetest voices. He says, it's sending shivers down me. What is it? It's the breaking of a new day. It's a breaking of a new day. The morning cometh, also the night, if you'll inquire, inquiry. We have a breaking of a new day, and we're living in that new day, and we plan on leaving in this day. Some of us, myself particular, as we go on in life, need to keep prodding ourselves to stay in the Word. You say, Brother Tom, I've got a message book here. Of course, it's all falling apart. And read it, reread it, read it, reread it. And I don't like exaggeration. People say it's evangelistically speaking. But I'm sure 40, 50, 60 times, no problem, over 40 years, 43 years. And every time I read it, it's like I haven't read it. And it's amazing. But a lot of times we look at a title, we look at a subject, and we say, well, we've read that before. I don't need to read it. You need to read it again. You need to re-read it again. It seems like as God sends His warnings, and we've heard the warnings so often, it's almost like Chicken Little running around, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And they mock us because we are believing in a rapture change and yet we're still here. But I can say I've been changed and am being changed from glory unto glory unto glory. Brother Brandon makes reference of that from Luther to Wesley. He said that's a glory to glory from Wesley to Pentecost. That's another glory moving on to the message itself. That's a glory. And that word is becoming tangible. It's becoming flesh. And I want to say, because that word is becoming flesh, I am being changed. So this message is a changing message. Not that it changes, but it changes us. I am not what I was five years ago last year. And neither are you. And so this morning I wanted to preach a little message, not to discourage you, but to encourage you in the faith. Not to say that Brother Tom knows something more than you. Brother Tom doesn't know anything more than you than what God would give us. And it doesn't lift us up. It doesn't make us any more special. We are just a body and every joint supplieth. And we want to help one another in the faith. People get lifted up in their own minds. Thinking that they are some gift to the body. Well, I told you my nose is as ugly as the nose on my face. And everybody wants to change their nose. But God gave you the nose. That's all you are. Don't think you're any special nose. 
but the nose knows. Brother Bram said, how important are you? Put your finger in a water bucket and pull your finger out and you'll see how important you are. So what our our objective is, saints of God, is to build one another up into the faith. Not to lord over, not to think that we're some special gift, but to now take what God does, little bit that he does give us, that we can encourage one another along life's road. He said the duty of the watchman, a watchman selected, and he must be on alert. He must be watching those heavenly bodies. He must know exactly where the stars are hanging to tell the perfect time to the people. Many are wearied. And don't worry, weary in well-being. And Gideon was weary, yet he Pursued as I preached maybe six years ago. Don't get weary. Just keep pursuing. There's a millennium coming. We can rest in the millennium. The watchman on the tower. He can't sleep. He's restless. But he will scream out the time. Watchman in the tower will scream out the words. This is where we are in the night. Here's the oncoming dangers. There's the pitfalls that are coming. There's the traps that are set before you. And you can believe as we get down to the very last steps in this journey, Satan is throwing every bit that he can to disrupt you and disfocus you and distract you from keeping your eyes on that prize. It was the presence of the angel of the Lord that awakened the seed within Gideon to arise to his potential. And as soon as that word was spoken, thou mighty man of valor, he was now living under a prophesied promise. It didn't matter how weak he thought he was, how unqualified he thought he was, God saw something in him that he was going to drive out the enemies. And I don't care how unqualified you feel you are. Or how unimportant you think you are. You are very important to this body. And it was the presence of the angel of the Lord that is attendance in this word. That is a quickened you to a prophesied promise. And I don't care if the Lord told you to take a picture, a torch, and a trumpet. You're going to drive out your enemy. You say, well, how am I going to do it? It's not up to you how to figure it out. It's up to you to believe what God says you are. Gideon didn't believe who he was, but all of a sudden when the presence of the Lord came, The scripture actually says after the prophet came, the angel came. And at the time of that angel, he said, how art thou, mighty man of valor? That valor means courage. Valor means courage. Valor means bravery. Valor means fearless. Valor actually means you're bold. 
So God was already prophesying to him, even though he was hiding behind the winepress, even though he didn't think he was very much, God saw his potential. God saw what was in him. So then I say to you young men, where are the young men that will stand with me? Or with this church, or with this message, or with Jesus? Where is that bravery? Where is that fearlessness? But everybody's becoming, and I'll get into the quote, Brother Bram says, they're becoming more like women. Men are becoming more like women. And women are becoming more like men. Watchmen, what of the night? I better watch out for that. Daddies and mummies. When your children want to put on and act like a little feminine boy. You better show them what a man does. It's the spirit of the age. But so if God then does call us through this message, there will be men and women of valor that will actually stand fearless before the devil. He'll be of courage and brave and fearless and bold. We're under that prophesied promise. That when the enemy does come into your home, you have the authority to withstand Satan. You have the ability, if your wife is sick, to lay hands on her and rebuke Satan. And not stroke it, rebuke it. Not pacify it, stand on the word. Be brave. Be bold. Be fearless. I'd rather stand like that than just let Satan walk all over my house. I'd start walking around my house. I claim my boy. I chain my daughter. I claim my wife. I claim my husband. I'd rather be that way. I'd rather be that way than just let the devil run course over my home. I am the high priest of my home. And Satan, you can't have my children. Come on, be fearless, Gideon. Be fearless, be courageous, be brave. I like to see a mother who's got backslidden sons stand to her feet and say, I claim what that preacher's preaching. I claim my boys that are looking like the world, acting like the world, believing like the world. I'm under a prophesied promise. Sister Marilyn, I had the privilege of having Nathan and Crystal in my home the other night. While looking in awe of a mother who stood year after year, wept year after year, believed year after year. And I'm sitting in the manifestation of her prayer. I say, praise God. God's no respecter of persons in this church. It can happen for Marilyn. It can happen for you. But I know, Sister Marilyn, everything was a sign. Everything was a moment. Something was happening. She's a very spiritual lady. But you're looking for it. You're under expectation for it. You're watchful. Believing. Well, if they're seed, they'll come in. That is, that is, you know what, to me, that's a perverted thought. They perverted something that is true. If they're seed, of course they'll come in. But why don't you do something? If they're seed, pray them in. Go after them. Love them. 
Hallelujah. This is not a time to slack up. This is not a time for ladies to look like the world. They were so far past that. This is so far past trying to tell you not what skirts to wear and look like a, a skin-down weenie. We should never have to say that. This is a time where men dress like men. Look like men. Be a testimony. Not a slob coming to church. We're meeting the king. We're looking for him. We want to give him our best. I say, Brother Tom, you're going preaching like you were in the log church. Well, sometimes I guess we need a little bit of that. We're so far along, we forget some of the, 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 the one, two, three, or ABCs. Watchmen, what of the night? A prophet comes on the scene and says, now it's a breaking of a day. Angelic voices are breaking into this dimension. Then saints, I have to start living in that reality of what he's saying. We look around us. Is it the days of Sodom? Of course it is. The world will never say that. You say that out on the streets on Granville and Hastings, you'll probably be mobbed. You go into that next school over there, or Clayton High School, or whatever high school, and say, you know, what is this LBGTQRSTR? I can't, there's so many letters that are now labeling it. And they're saying it's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of sin. Is it the days of Noah where every man is continually wicked in their heart? We say, well, of course, watchmen. That's exactly what's. But watch it come in your hole. Because it's almost like that frog analogy. I don't know whether it's true or not. But the analogy, you put the frog in warm water and turn up the heat and he gets cooked to death. By his surroundings. Stay in the word. That's the best surroundings you can get. Brother Branham said now. He says listen. Watchman. What in the night. Now he's knowing that that day is breaking. That day is breaking. He says the deaf are hearing. The cripples are walking. The lame are leaping. Fulfilling, what is it? It's the coming of the Lord Jesus. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. What is the time, Brother Tom? Watchman, what of the night? Keep pressing on. It's the coming of the Lord. Brother Brown prayed the prayer. He said, we're needy, Lord. We need you. We're constantly in need because we're on the battlefield, Lord, where decisions have to be made. And we pray, Father, that you'll constantly encourage us with your presence. Amen. So his presence is here to encourage you day after day. Stay in the presence of God and you will be encouraged, not discouraged.
Your presence constantly encourages us. It does so much to us to know, Lord, you're with us. Just show yourself present, Lord. Then it will encourage us to keep moving. Heal the sick and afflicted. Save the lost. Encourage the discouraged. Get glory unto thyself, we ask in Jesus' name. Encourage the discouraged. Encourage the weary. Don't be weary, Tim. God's blessed your home. God has blessed your home. Like he told Joshua, be courageous, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. How many can say amen? Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That's Joshua. Is that correct? Brother Bram said, Be thou very courageous, for the Lord God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. You say, Well, God, if he would tell me like he did Joshua, I would be very encouraged. Well, yeah, well, the voice of God spoke to you and said, Be of good courage. Wherever you go, Michael, I'll be with you. You say, Well, that would be very encouraging. I heard the thunder of God. But where is the voice? Where is the voice of God? As we spoke last week, Brother Bram said, under her messenger, she's the final voice of the final age. So now what are you looking for and what are you believing? So now if she is the final voice under her messenger to the final age, the voice of God is speaking to you. Mm. Brother Murphy probably preached one of the most powerful services I've heard preached in this church for a very, 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 very long time. And ye are gods, took was his title. Brother Bram said in the invisible union of God, or the visible union of the bride of Christ, He said, a man that's born of God, a son of God, has to have the nature of God. He has to be like God. He honors God. He is a part of the word of God. In these last days, this bride is taking form just exactly with the same power that he had at the beginning. That is not skin milk. That is very powerful if we believe what a prophet is saying. And a man that's born of God, a son of God, has to have the nature of God. He has to be like God. He honors God. He is a part of the Word of God. And in his last days of this bride taking form, just exactly the same power that he was at the beginning. He's come up through these organizations and so forth and come out for the bride. So be thou courageous then. If that word's in you, be courageous. Be courageous to speak the word. Be courageous to to believe what God's told you. Well, you say, well, if God would tell me like he did Joshua, I'd have courage too. He said he has told every believer the same thing. He has told every believer the same thing. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. I will be with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. What is his presence of his word is doing to us? Encouraging us 
every day. Feast of the Trumpets. The bride is with the word. They are one. How can they be one? When that word that's wrote in there comes in you, and you and the word become one. That's exactly what he's promised. It interprets. It interprets. It's not you. But it, that Holy Spirit in you, interprets the word. Now watch. God don't need no interpreter. They say, well, we interpret it like this. You've got no right to interpret nothing. God does his own interpretation. He brings, he's bringing the Protestant Ecumenical Council out of the, of the world churches. The spirit of Antichrist is upon them, bringing them to the slaughter just like they did in the hour, just in the same hour that they call the bride. He said, now, how? They loosed in that ecclesiastical spirit, church spirit, loose on what? Not upon denomination, but upon the bride. But here, you get it. The bride will not go through that time. So now the prophesied promise is coming to you. You're not going to come down to that time when that beast tries to now slaughter the foolish virgins. We're not under that anointing. The bride will not be there. The bride will not be and go through that time. The church will, but not the bride. Can't you see, ministers? Can't you see that, brethren? You say the church has to go through persecution for perfection. He said the blood of Jesus Christ perfects the bride. I say, Amen. I am under that prophesied promise. It's the blood. It's the word that's perfecting you and me. Amen. It's the word that is going to do this, Brother Victor. Not your theology. It has nothing to do with it. It's God that gives revelation, not man. You can break it down all you want. I can preach as long as I want. But if God doesn't reveal anything to it it's just words so now brother Bram said it's the word that's going to perfect the bride now he says now listen now the seals were released with all its mysteries to the seventh angel's message to reveal all the mystery of God the mysteries of God lay in them seven seals that's what he's here for all the mysteries lay in those seals so now we know that Darkness is coming, but there's a breaking of a new day. So then in the message, it's the rising of the sun. Brother Bram said, who are those seals? Well, we say, Brother Tom, you, you know, you preach about the seven seals and the Lamb's book of life and, 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 and the angel with the open book. And sometimes that seems so mysterious, people just zone out. To me, it's the most wonderful statement I just made today. He is those ones that opened those seals. He is those seals. For the whole word of God is Christ. And Christ is those seals that was open. Christ is those seals that was open. What is the opening of those seals then? It's the revealing of Christ. And the very seven angels which represented the seven churches was all completed and we couldn't even see it. See? They took pictures of it, not us. 
And there he is standing there, the supreme judge. There he's standing there, the supreme judge. Let's go to the first slide. There he is standing there. They took the picture, not us. Brother Bram said, and the spiritual church is at the end of the road. It's heading towards its... This is 1960. We're living under a prophesied promise. And the spiritual church is at the end of its road. It's heading towards its head. The coming of the Lord Jesus. It's all heading up. That's right. Heading up into the coming of the Lord. The Lord Jesus, the headship of the church is coming. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? He's going to resurrect all the saints and give them a glorified body. Hallelujah. I'm glad to know she's heading up. Where are you headed? I'm going up. Next slide, please. Let them atomic bombs come. Hydrogen bombs. What do I care about that? I got someone who's watching over tonight. Why does the church even worry about that? Why would you worry about Iran? Why would you worry about North Korea? We've been told. If you've been in the message, you've been told. It's not even a part of discussion. Oh, North Korea's got the bomb. So what? Iran's got a bomb. So what? Now Arabia, the Arabs are getting all hostile now. They said if Iran gets the bomb, we'll get the bomb. So everybody wants a bomb. Who's watching over tonight? Why does the church worry about that? Why the smoke won't be dried up till we'll be in glory shouting the praises of God? <laughs> what are you worried about? He says the saints of God. We'll be shouting the praises of God with the saints that's gone on. Why? What do we care about the atomic bombs? And the hydrogen bombs and other bombs. Brother, we've done got a bomb that bursted all the devils out. Can you say amen? Amen. And sin out. And the bomb, the power of Jesus Christ. And made us light enough to fly up to heaven. With him. Amen. Amen. Next slide. Why there's no rest nowhere. Only in Christ. Our nation. We cannot build our hope upon it. Because any little nation could throw a bomb over here and blow us off the earth. Warfare is about over. You just need one man to pull a lever or push a button. It'll go all to pieces. And so then he says, and before the atom bomb can strike this nation, the church will go in a rapture to meet the Lord. Forget about the bombs. Keep your focus on a rapture change. Next slide, please. Head of the body. Next slide, please. I hope that doesn't stumble anybody. But then Brother Bram says this. And went out west, and when the angels of the Lord appeared out there for the seven seals, and went up into the air, there he was standing there, wigged with the supreme authority. He is the head of the church. He's the head of the body. There's nothing like him anywhere. He is the one who revealed the entire secret of the whole plan of salvation that all the prophets and wise men have spoke of. He alone was the wigged one and the supreme authority. 
How many in this church believe that to be true? Next slide, please. Following our head. As the head was took up from the grave, so much the body, so must the body follow him back to Eden. Where? The head of the family, the man, the bridegroom. The bride being the body of the bridegroom must follow. The bride because that's the head. And the head is revealed, has come back with eternal life, and the body must follow that because it is the husband and wife again. Amen. And as long as you're pregnated with the same word, which is his body, you've took his body, become in him, and when you took the word, not the creed, the word, oh my. Next slide. Don't fail this. The body, therefore, cannot recognize. If you're a part of the body of Christ, the body, therefore, cannot recognize any other headship but the No other headship. No other theology. No other man's thinking. God interprets the word in you. He needs no interpreter. If you say, I've got the Word, Brother Tom, the Word in you interprets itself. Itself. The body, therefore, cannot recognize any other headship but the Word, because the head is connected with the body. And the head is the Word, and it's the same Word, one headship. Therefore, denominations, Holy Fathers, and everything else is dead dung. I think that's pretty clear. I think there's no worry about the Pope. Even so, he says he's the head of the church. That's his claim to fame. He is the head of the church. He's God on earth. He's Jesus Christ and his representation. That's what, that's what they say. I, there was quote after quote, and I don't have time for that. There is one headship, that's Christ. The body only recognizes that one thing. That's the word. Can you say amen? That's enough slides for now. Thank you. So here is the quote. Nothing is going to stop it. Nothing is going to stop that word from manifesting itself in you. It's been prophesied. It's been spoken. You've been pregnated with the word. And now that word is going to move to its prophesied promise. He predestinated it by foreknowledge. When he predestinated Malachi 4, that prophecy had to happen. Did God ask you whether it was time to fulfill it? It was in his time, in his fulfilling. And when he come over he pre- or predestinates anything to happen in his word, he'll prove it. Not you prove it. He'll prove it in you. When he predestinates anything to happen, it will happen. He knows the seed will be there. He's predestinated a bride. She's going to be there. He's predestinated a rapture. It's going to happen. She's going to be there. Because he's predestinated it by foreknowledge. There's nothing going to stop it. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. 
Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of His Spirit and washed in His blood. Here's a prophesied promise for you. Are you ready, church? I'm here to encourage you this morning. This is a prophesied promise. Where are our young men? I better look over here for a minute. This is a prophesied promise for you. The prophet says, we are the church triumphant. Caleb, we're triumphant. You're triumphant. I am a part of that church. He's the head to the body. He triumphs, the body triumphs. So now he's prophesied you and says, now I hope the body realizes that we're the church triumphant. Hello, body. We're the church triumphant. We're in Christ. We're seated above all things of the world. Here's another one for you, church. I prophesy, I promise. You're justified in the sight of God. So now tell me, how are you working for that? You can't work for that. You're justified by faith in that. You believe God's word and his promise. You're justified by the ram said in Romans chapter 5 and 1. We're justified. You didn't even do it. So now he says, we are justified and we are his victory. Okay, well you say, Brother Tom, I've heard that before. Well then act it. Do it, live it. It interprets itself. It's been prophesied to happen. When is the church going to be victorious? I say the church is victorious. When is the church going to be triumphant, Brother Tom? It is triumphant, Brother Tom. Remember what we took the scripture last week in Romans 13. Now it's, now it's the time. And now it's high time to wake out of sleep. For our salvation is nearer than when we have uh, believed. Remember that scripture? Do you remember what the definition of salvation was there? So we're living under this prophesied promise. We're closer to our salvation than we ever had since we believed. That salvation is not your salvation of, of just your, your soul. Salvation of being born again. That's not what he's talking, Paul's talking about. It signifies a total deliverance until you have that change in the body and your body's glorified. We're closer now than when you first believed. Praise the Lord. And that's why I said it's high time to wake up. It's high time to have an urgency that this is the hour we're living in and for. Don't get caught up with the things that are around you. Get caught up in Christ. Get caught up in the Word. Get caught up in the promise. I'd like to see some mothers and dads get real, real, real serious about their backslidden families. And I think the part of the body, because as I said to you last week, did everybody do their 360 degree prayer this week? Don't stick up your hand because I don't want to embarrass the people that don't, didn't do it. But if that's what we would do, and mentally, and I, and I did my 360, but I didn't do just the front rows and went all the way back to the top of the church. Because we need one another. You are a many-membered body. You're part of this many-membered body. 
And it's so, Satan so wants you to live to yourself. It's such a ploy of the devil. And we just have our little group or our little people we feel comfortable. Spread it out. Have people in your homes you've never had. Let us be knitted together. I expected more of an amen on that. I really did. Do not become an island to yourselves. I got to work. I got to do this. I got to shop. I got to do this. Saints, live for one another. The Bible says, as we had already said earlier, for the Lord himself to descend with shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. We so often, you know, we, we, we've preached on it, of course, over the time. But those that are alive are people that are alive that Paul is talking about there are people that are actually thriving and flourishing and are energetic, not lethargetic. They're energetic. And those that remain, they will continue, they shall endure, they shall persist, they shall keep on going. And then he goes on at the end and says, "Comfort, comfort one another with these things. That you can give to the body, you can minister to one another, you can strengthen one another. Say, well, Brother Tom, you know, I don't know how to have people over. Well, you know what you do? You pick up the phone or meet them in the lobby and say, you know, Brother, I've I've been wanting to have you over for 20 years. I'm going to break the cycle. We say, well, we're going to break a cycle and we get to all this uh, enthusiasm and breaking the cycle, you're up today and down tomorrow. Why don't you break the cycle of being an island? We can get it at all spiritual and we can get it all up there. And yes, that's all true and that's, we will preach that. But we've got to break our own little cycles of my world and my four and no more. We need to have compassion for one another, burden for one another, love one another. You're not promised tomorrow. God could take us home tomorrow and we've missed so much because we haven't done anything. And then you think, well, you've done something and you find out you really didn't do anything. I want to do more for the Lord. I want to be able to be a minister, not in word only, but in deed. Like I said to the gentleman in the Three Self Church, and I I spoke to him, I said, not only do we print Christian literature and we print the message and we print the Word of God or print the Bible, but there's something in us that have reached out through the Philippines and Granada and different people that have needed it. And he looked at me, I said, we're not just doing the Word only, but we're living it, ministering to the body. And that's what we need to keep realizing, saints. We just don't come to church. There will only be, as the prophet said, real love. Where? What is that love? It's not something upstairs. It's not something that you concoct and got a theory about. It's something that's lived out. Your family sees it. They've experienced it. They know it. The people around you see it, experience it, and they know it. And this is what we have to do here. 
We are under that prophecy. We also have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you heed, that you hear, that you not only pay attention, but you put it into action. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. The Holy Spirit, Brother Brown said today, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is that angel trying to get us back to the Word. Going from house to house, breaking bread. No, we're not the old book of Acts church and we don't have little apartments in, uh, in the old town of Jerusalem. But we also don't drive camels and sit on donkeys. We can get a lot easier to somebody else's place to minister to them. People say, oh, I want to be a minister. Well, let's be a minister. Let's minister to the body. Brother John said on Wednesday night, not all ministers are ministers. Not all preachers are preachers. Well, then if you are, be one. Don't put yourself in condemnation of it. Just do it. He said, now the devil, by these spirits, they influence men. And so we see the day that we're living in, they influence the people, Brother Bram goes on to say, and the wrong influences them, and the right also influences us. And those that are denominated, or the blackness, or the separation, those that are denominated by the underworld are influenced of the devil. But Brother Bram said this, and I thought this was a tremendous, tremendous statement he made. I'm your brother. But when the angel of the Lord moves down, it then becomes the voice of God to you. So they are influenced from the underworld and influencing them. But to the children of God, God sent us a word to influence us. He said, when the angel of the Lord moves down, it then becomes a voice to you, the voice of God. Oh, he says, if that's offended you, forgive me. But I felt that might have been resented. But I am God's voice to you. See, I said it again. That time was under inspiration. See, I felt bad about it the first time, but it repeated it. What was it? The angel of the Lord coming down to influence us, saints, that we are not of this world, we're of another world. So let this world influence them and let this other world that's breaking in a new day and a day star arising, let that be your influence for that dimension. I'm going home. Are you coming with me? Are you ready to go? Brother Bram said, first, before you see God do the miracle, and we're believing for a miracle, believe me, but he said, first, Gideon had to become a miracle. Okay, so now that's your personal realm. Gideon had to experience a miracle in his life. He had to believe what the angel said. And when he believed it, then God came on the scene 
and gave him a miracle. Peter had to first act on the word before he could see the miracle. Now, how many of you have been on Lake Okanagan or maybe out on Silver Lake or maybe out in the ocean? When's the last time you walked on water? How many, how many of us would have been... I, I know there's more than Peter in the boat. But when the Lord said, Come, Peter... He, he had to first act on it. And then it was fulfilled. The moment the word was spoken, he was under the prophecy of it. And so he, he, I don't think he leaned over the boat and said, No. I don't think he got the oar out and tested it. I think he jumped out of the boat. But first he had to believe it. First he acted on it. Then he saw the miracle of it. But as soon as God spoke it, he was under the prophecy of it, and nothing was going to stop it. Gideon was under the prophecy of it. Nothing was going to stop him from driving out those devils that were in his land. How many of you know who Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah are? They're famously known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but I thought I'd use their real names. They knew their God would keep them from the fire if he wanted to. But they sure weren't going to bow down to no golden image. huh? They weren't going to bow down. So they acted on the word. He said, our God is more than able. But anyways, we're going to walk to the furnace. They had to act on the word and then God took care of them. Daniel, pray. Pray to the king. I won't pray to the king. I'll pray to the king of kings. But he acted on the word and then God confirmed the word and he didn't get eaten up by lions. I call this one, this part here, the Jonah Dilemma. This is the Jonah dilemma. This is the Jonah dilemma. I thought you'd think, how did he know which was north, east, west, and south? If any man prayed to the temple, and Solomon prayed, if any man, Lord, you'll deliver them. How did Gideon, or how did Jonah know which is north, south, east, and west? Where was Jerusalem? And I just came across the quote, and Brother Bram said, he rolled around in his stomach praying. I thought, hey, he was just going to be a machine gun of prayer. Lord, deliver me. North, south, east, west. That's the good news. And what a dilemma. Am I praying north? Am I praying south? Am I praying east? Am I praying west? But when I found out that the prophet said he rolled around in the stomach, he just kept on in a constant prayer. You got to act first. Then watch God perform a miracle. Take God at his word, saints of God, and watch God do a miracle at you. You are the bride. You are victorious. You are triumphant. Why don't you say, I am the church triumphant. I am the church victorious. There's no spirit can stop me from getting the body changed. I'm under that prophecy. And I'm going to stand in that promise because the word is going to interpret itself in me. Amen.
He has come in the form of the Holy Spirit, not to the church, but to the elected church. The church is to take him to unbelievers. We are the ones to let his light shine through us that others might believe. It's us. Christ in the church that shines forth his presence to make him visible to all. Now tell me, when you look in the mirror, do you look like the world or do we look different? If I do my hair cut and I spike it up and I make it look like a rooster tail, I don't think I look like a Christian. I really don't. And people say, well, Tom, are you really getting down to that? I don't care. I don't want to look like the world. I don't care what Hollywood puts out. I don't care what sort of fashion they throw out. I want to look like a Christian. I didn't come to church in flip-flops and shorts. I didn't come with a muscle shirt on and that would look terrible. But they do. All around here they do that. I don't want to look one bit like them saints. I want to look like I'm a redeemed son of God. All this tight-fitting stuff. The prophet, I mean, it's so elementary. He said, causing men to lust after you and you'll be, you'll be accountable for committing adultery? I would think that you want something a little bit more flowing. I, I just think that. The church might do that, but the elect doesn't do that. In birth pains, he said, the word must deliver the word bride. <laughs> the word must deliver the word bride. The church has got to be delivered. A bride for Christ. Them that fell asleep in all the ages will wake up. That bride will come out on the word. They that come on on from foot, coming up to the head, getting greater. The more you have and so forth, as the body grows up. So does the body of Christ grow up. And then finally, the head comes to it. The head of it will. Now, if we notice, because it's all linked to the head, the head does the turning and the head does the pulling. The spiritual union of the church and Christ and his church, when the flesh is becoming word and the word is becoming flesh manifested and vindicated, just what the Bible said would happen in this day is happening day by day. But it's culminating so fast out there in those deserts and things taking place that I couldn't even keep up with it. We are nearing the coming of Jesus to be united with his church where the word becomes the Word. The Word becomes the Word. It's the call of the Holy Spirit searching your hearts. It's the call of the Holy Spirit searching your hearts. God, search my heart this morning. 
I want to live under my prophesied promise, but I want to fulfill my prophesied promise. So now are you ready for my last quote? Because she is flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power. Is everybody still here? We're just, give me five more minutes. Brother Branham is now making this at the rising of the sun. We're breaking in a new day. We're getting ready for rapture. The sun is up. Gross darkness the people. Gross darkness the land. But arise. Be awake. Shine. Your light is come. He says, because she is. Who's the she? Me. You. The bride. She is flesh of his flesh. Bone of his bone. Life of his life. Power of his power. Now the quote you've often heard, she is him. The word. She's him. As a man and a woman are one, the woman taken from his side, she had taken a spirit, the feminist spirit from him, flesh from his side, both made mechanics and dynamics, the wife. The spirit of him and the flesh of him put together makes the mechanics and the dynamics. Lord, let me live under this and let me manifest this. The spirit calls out and my heart is open. Lord, let this word become manifest in me. You did it in Gideon. You did it in David. You did it in Abraham. You did it in Jonah. They manifested it. But Lord, let it be me. Let me be written in that Hebrews 11 chapter. And Tom, by faith, took the Word of God, became the Word of God, and went with the Word of God. Musicians, please come. Don't become indifferent. Are you or just closing comments? Please, saints, prick yourselves, pinch yourselves. Don't become indifferent. And that indifference means don't become cold in your experience. Don't become unresponsive. Don't be a lack of concern or interest. There is a great storm going out. And that storm, can I say what it is? It's a storm of formality. Do you hear that up there? Ben, you heard that up there, huh? There's a great storm coming. And it's called the storm of formality. We just come to church. We just sing a couple of songs. We just lift up our hands. And the preacher preaches. And then we sing a couple more songs. And we go home. God, let the storm pass. Let the storm pass. Let there be a people that got passion for the Word of God. There's an urgency in their soul. We must make the rapture. We must have the change. We have become the Word interpreted. A storm of formality. 
My Bible says that God maketh the storm a calm. That's your Bible. I'm under that prophecy. It doesn't matter what storm clouds come in this church. Do not let the storm of formality have an effect upon us. I got to sit in the right seat. I got to be in the right place. Take, be comfortable wherever you are. But don't let it become a formality. Get your nose out of joint because somebody sat in your... You, you think that's... that's um, doesn't happen. I get the calls all the time. That's my seat. Really? And then I get, I get used to you sitting in that seat. I know Mike's going to sit there. I know Debbie's going to sit there. I'm, and then they move over here. That freaks me out. <laughs> then I say, well, who took their seat? Lord, help me. I don't want to even get into formality. Let that storm of formality go. I don't care where you sit. Let's come and worship God. Let's lift up holy hands. Let's glorify the King. We're more than a church formality. We are the bride of Christ. Prophesy to put on a body change. Storm clouds of indifference. Storm clouds of denial. Storm clouds of unbelief. Let them go. So let the storm clouds go. And let God may a calm in your life this morning. And you say, well, Brother Tom, I've got a need. And we've read the quote today. We have lots of needs. We always have needs. But I would, I would, be, I would be deficient in what I'm doing if I didn't let you know that there's a God that can meet your need this morning. When we can believe the word, ask anything in my name, believing, and you shall have what you ask. And when I look around this room, I see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. He's the God of miracles. Brother Bisco referred to it a uh, song. He does miracles so great at the very beginning. So then why, why limit yourself? Why go out the doors with your problems and your needs? This is the house of deliverance. This is a church triumphant. This is a church victorious. Let's claim our victory. Let's claim our need. Let's believe God for the impossible. Awake thou that sleepest and arise, Paul says in Ephesians 5 and 14. For Christ our light has definitely come. May God grant you your need this morning. I'd like to sing a song. I put it up here on my note, first note here. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. All is at rest. I and my Savior and happy and blessed. These are, these are songs that have meaning, saints. So when we sing it this morning and they will project it up on the overhead above my head, I want you to think about the words as we sing it. Not just do it because you do it of memory, but do it because you, you believe what you're singing. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste. I'm an heir of salvation. I'm an heir of that very word that Brother Tom preached on this morning. That I'm going to now, it's high time to awake to the change of my body. To the glorified body that's been promised. Let there be an urgency for you this morning. Press the battle like you've never pressed before. Claim the kingdom of God. Don't let it just be words, let it be action. 
and let God have a victory within your life this morning. Let's stand. Blessed assurance. Oh, blessed. there's a need here this morning before you leave and you need to see a miraculous move of God on your behalf 
First, you must act. You must believe and then say, Lord, could you do that for me this morning? Could you supernaturally turn this situation around for the glory of God? Lord, you see my heart. You see my desire that you would receive the glory for this. It wouldn't be the prayer of man, but it would be God himself interceding on my behalf. And you have a need this morning. You lift it up before the throne of grace. Things that seem almost impossible, if not impossible, then you'll realize then the God of the impossible is moving on your behalf. Heavenly Father, not only hands are lifted up around the building, but so often, Lord, as the minister will say, my hands are lifted up too. We all need miracles. And you indeed do miracles so great. As we heard at the beginning of the service, Lord, let us act on the word and watch the God of creation, the Lord Jesus himself, Come on the scene and meet every need, Lord, that's represented here this morning. For we indeed, Lord, are the church triumphant. We are going to claim the promise. We are going to believe it for me, my need. Lord, meet my need this morning. So, Father, with hands lifted up and hearts raised in faith, would you supernaturally move on each individual's heart and life. Lord, we will not be denied. So often, Lord, I've read the scripture where Jacob wouldn't let you go until you blessed him. And so often in my prayers, I said, Lord, don't. I won't let you go until you bless me. May that be each one's portion this morning as they get a hold of the hem of your garment, Lord. By faith, reaching out, grant them all they are desiring within their lives. And so, Father, then we'll give you all the praise, all the glory, in Jesus' precious name. We claim it, we ask it, and we believe in Jesus' name. Amen. If I could but touch as we get ready to close. If I could but touch the hem of his garment, I could reach out in faith now.
that's our promise. You're living under that prophesied promise. God bless you. You're dismissed. Greet one another. Kyle Morton will be ministering this evening at 5 o'clock. If you want to linger, just linger in.